0: Welcome to the land of Aru, a fan cast of Carcerum the series, presented by the American Council for the Blind, Sunday edition with Anthony, and supported by Shane Salt Productions.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome to in the land of Aru. I'm your host with the most, Anthony Corona. I'm here as always, or almost always, with Shane Salt from Shane Salt Productions. Hello. Uh, who? <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. Shane, who is one of the creators of this amazing series, Car Serum, that we have been experiencing weekly. Thanks, everybody, for your patience from last week. We were experiencing some, gro- some growing pains, but we're here now and we'll be here every week going forward. Um, Shane, big things have been happening. What's going on in the land of Car Serum and Shane Salk Productions?
2: Oh, we have been busy. Um, it's fun right now. There are some people out of town. Bill and his family are in Europe, um, leaving me alone here, which seems like a very poor decision on their part. But we're here. Um, what have we been doing? Uh, we're we're in some talks about re-releasing some stuff uh, of Car Serum with fancy new technology, so we can maybe make it more VR friendly which would be very fun we're working on season two and enjoying ourselves <laughs> that's what's going on over here and the recognition keeps coming in though you know i see
1: yeah. on twitter there's lots and lots of chatter about about the show and people are even paying attention to us our little behind the scenes slash um look from the other end so i'm really excited about that and where we left off two weeks ago, they were at the tournament and, um, they were trying to find someone who would let them be, I guess you could say a sponsor or part of their party. They would have to be linked up with, um, one of the, one of the tournament participants to get right. into. So anything else we need to know where before so, we pick up tonight?
2: Yeah. So, uh, Aura and team tried to get into the tournament. They found out that they didn't have their prophecies. So to get into the the um, competitor side of the arena, they needed a prophecy to show. And they couldn't get in. So they tried to sneak in a couple ways. It didn't work. And at the very end of the episode, they tried to scale a wall. And they got uh, caught. And they seemed to be arrested. And that's that's where we're at this week.
1: And istin we will remind our folks, has both prophecies and kind of double cross them, or at least it looks that way as of right now.
2: Uh All yeah, right? at least Aura believes she stole the prophecies. He stole the prophecies.
1: All right, I'm pretty much ready to run the episode. What about you?
2: Let's
0: do it. To listen to this week's Carcerum episode, click the link in the description.
1: Welcome back to In the Land of Aru. Well, that was an interesting little twist at the end there. That's
2: Kevin. what we're all about twists.
1: <laughs> so, our friend Katie has emailed us again, and because we talked about her two weeks ago, she explained that she listens to us from the In the Land of Part of Car Serum, the series.com um, during her commutes to work. So, that's why she emails her questions. And her question this week is when you're building the layers of a scene, um, the fading in and out of footsteps measured by the clinking of the spoon on a plate and things like that. She gives a couple of examples, but I'm not going to go through them all. How, how much work is it? How many times do you have to like go through it to layer it to make it sound perfect?
2: It depends on the scene, but generally it's, it's a bit of work. Um, the way i usually go about doing it because you can drive yourself crazy um with kind of a blank canvas so i will usually go by character by character in in many in many ways and moments by moments so i will so in in the the jail scene there i'll think about each character and what they're doing so um you know, Kevin will stand up and and then he'll walk over to the bars. And then I'm like, well, what are the sounds of these bars? And then he'll start digging. And then I'll kind of go character by character in that way. Um, then I will add the ambiance and then the background noise, which I realize is sounds like they're the same thing. But to me, there's a difference between like if you're in a bar, all of the people there are one thing. And then the sound of the empty bar with an air conditioner or something like that, that's a different sound. Um, Then I'll add those. And almost the very last thing I do are the footsteps because they're not easy by any means, but um, they're a little bit less... um, make it up as you go because you kind of with the performances and with the pictures that are in my head, you can, I literally play the footsteps on a, I have a keyboard that I have programmed with different kinds of footsteps and each character has their own profile of weight and shoe and all that stuff. Um, and I will play the people, every individual character's footsteps. Um, sometimes they get buried in the mix. Sometimes they don't. Um, but it, in the at the very least I go through it if I'm lucky and it's just like you know two people out in a field walking down a street so um that'll I'll still go through it I'll have to go through it like four or five times um, and then you add the music and all that other stuff and then you go through and mix it so all the levels are right but for something like the tournament or if there's the, the caravan was let's see one two there's five six seven eight nine different characters and i have i play footsteps for all of them again the job of those sound effects is not for you to notice them it's for you to subconsciously realize that you can make these pictures in your head and kind of have an idea of what's happening because um you don't know why but oh yeah i realize that all these people are walking that kind of thing
1: yeah, it, when I was listening to this episode, I could feel the spatial of their jail cell. And, you know, where the the jailer guy was staying. it just it you could feel it based upon all the sound. Yeah. Uh, I had a really, you know, fun time with the images in my head while I was listening to this episode.
2: Yeah, I really like this episode. This is uh Jojo who we talked to a couple uh, a while ago as one of the writers is he was he played the jailer. Um ah uh, Maurice I was La-
1: wondering why his voice sounded familiar. <laughs> yeah, Ma-
2: Maurice Lamarche who you know from uh Pinky and the Brain, he was the brain. Um Christmas Carol, he played Scrooge. Um at Futurama, he's every other character. Uh he played the announcer at the beginning. Um So and it's always it's always really fun to to throw those things in, but it is it takes a lot to figure out, you know, what is the scene because we don't think of it like Oh, just throw a bunch of sounds in and people will make it up is I design it like it was a movie for your eyes. It's just for your ears. So that's it's a very specific thing we try to do.
1: Oh, you know, from my perspective, you're definitely doing a good job of it. Um, why don't you introduce our guest this
2: evening? So Aaron Castellan is one of our amazing writers. Um, he, I, I just, he, he's been a friend of Bill's, uh, Bill's son, and stuff for a very long time. But he, he writes for. I'm gonna have him explain it all to you because he's much better at it than I am. But in my head, he, he writes for. Uh, he's like the guy who writes video games, but he also writes to the fans of video games. So he, he's... He has the most interesting way of viewing the world, which is why he's such an asset to the entire world of carcerum um because he he just sees in like six different dimensions he's like well, if it was outer space, well, if it was under the ocean well if it was it's just nuts so but I'm gonna have to have him explain to you exactly what he does for other people
1: all right that sounds pretty good. Aaron, welcome, and that's
3: probably a good way to start. Why
1: don't you yeah. tell us in your words?
3: <laughs> yeah. Uh, sure. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. That's a that's a hell of an intro, Shane. Uh, <laughs> I think. Uh, yeah. I just have been working for in the video game industry in a bunch of different capacities, in like some in-game stuff, some marketing stuff for a long time. I currently am at Twitch, uh, working on their creative team. Uh, but yeah, I've been a, a writer for a long time, and kind of to the uh to the point of uh what y'all were talking about earlier uh with the production design and just kind of like how you make those like the like making everything real that's like one of the reasons i was excited to work on this was because i didn't have to when you're trying to like do things a lot of the times as a writer you have to learn a lot of other skills and i didn't have to do that because shane already knows how to do that stuff so I just got to do the writing part and he got to do all of the, the great production stuff that really makes just words on a page come to live. So that was pretty, that was one of the reasons that I was fortunate to get to do this, but yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks,
1: thank you so much for being here. So when you're, when you're writing a video game, like how much of your own creativity do you get to put into it? I would well, imagine you're presented with an outline of what a story needs to be. How much of it is your creative
3: so so it's uh it's like you said it's very contextual uh the the actual in-game stuff i've written has been mostly just like like uh like prompts like for example like uh it's been in in madden a few years ago uh and this there's a a mode called franchise mode where you create you choose a team and you run it for years on years and years as a general manager and you kind of deal with the ongoing news flow of things. And so basically one of the things I had to do there was I had to write, like there would be a thing that can happen in a game, right? A player will throw for three touchdowns in a game. And so what would, if that happens, you have to have 15 to 20 variants of what pundits will say on your little fake Twitter, on your little fake uh, social media feed that, that shows up in the game. And so I would just write those in just in different from random different perspectives. And so that's kind of like in, in that instance, that's kind of what I had to do. But in that instance, because you have to write 15 different versions of it, you do get to inject a decent amount of, if not yourself, things that you find funny or interesting into it because basically (laughs) with the, uh, with the the context of it, you kind of get to, you know, you like the, with a job they give you, Kind of um, if you've ever been bowling, uh, there's like there's there's these two uh, like when you're bowling with children, there's these two things they put in the gutters to make it so you'll knock down some pins. And so usually in a video game, that's kind of what they do for you is they give you the parameters or say, hey, these are the barriers. Just knock down a couple pins. And that's and you get to do that anywhere you want. And that's what I get trusted to do, which is a fun thing to get to do with your time, I guess. I think that answers your question. I'm not really sure.
1: It, no, it definitely does. And she, can you give us something that like was really um, interesting for you to, to a, a world that you were interested, that you were really interested once you got into it um, or something that was out of the box that you had to, because I'm just, I'm really liking the, the idea of the creativity part of it.
3: Um, could you, could you keep, describing that a little bit like what what specifically do you mean like 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 another example of something i've worked on or like what you...
1: yeah something that you worked on that was like not in your wheelhouse but once you started working on it you really got into it
3: i mean i would say this honestly um because i would never right. written i i'd never written uh this kind of genre before I'd, I'd written mostly like uh just kind of straight comedy kind of stuff or just straight like marketing copy and so this was like a you know, I got to, you know, I mean, obviously like everyone else, I grew up loving, you know, all the big fantasy epics and novels and stuff. And so kind of, I, I kind of had a sense of the, you know, kind of how people talk and how the stories are gut- thrown, but this was like a, this is this is very new to me to write a story like this in a world like this. And so kind of the, uh, just getting to, again, like I said, with the, I'll, I'll bring back the bowling thing or <laughs> it just kind of like Shane and, we all kind of came up with like what the boundaries were and within those boundaries, you can just have a lot of fun with characters. As long as it's not, it's kind of, you know, you don't want to use like modern terms and phrases, like no one's talking about clout or brand viability in this world, because that's (laughs) not how Aru works, but um, it's, you know, it's just like, it's a fun, it's a fun place to explore. And as you saw in this episode, there's like the most, the the more you can explore it, the more you can kind of organically find parallels to the world that 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 we live in that make that it like understandable, yeah. yeah, that make it understandable and relatable. And it's like without even realizing, you're like, oh wow, I guess this kind of is something people can grasp onto, you know. So what was the what was the pitch like? How did you first
1: become involved? And and what were your your initial thoughts when you know when given the
3: whole specter of what this was going to entail? Um, the initial pitch was basically, I, I forget when I saw Bill, but he was just like, uh, I'm not going to do my Bill impression. I'm sure many people have done one on this before. Um, but <laughs> he, he, uh, he, he basically just kind of was like, Hey, I'm working on this big thing and we need writers and, you know, as a writer and he's like, you should meet Shane. And so I met Shane and we kind of just, he kind of pitched me the idea of like this, they wanted to really get into like the the world building and I really wanted to be kind of like a this big fantasy like 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 ambitious like in like the scale of it could be as big as we wanted because you know like I was told when we were writing it you know just don't worry about how it's going to happen just write whatever you want and we'll figure out a way to make it work and so that was really appealing to me because it's like I mean you basically have the ability to write whatever you can imagine that the writer's okay. playing check. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and, it, and, and, you know, like the, just having the, you know, as someone who's been, uh, you know, try, uh, writing pilots, trying to get into a TV, TV writer's room for a long time, like the opportunity to like collaborate with people and be in a writer's room and like, just bang out a bunch of episodes and stuff like that. Like, that's like, that was really, really appealing to me. Cause I mean, that's like, that's like one of the things that I, uh, that I really enjoy doing. And so being able to do it and, you know, that obviously the, you know, meeting Shane and working with him has been pretty, has been pretty great as well. So obviously that's, that's made things a lot easier and better, but, um, but yeah, it's just, a, I don't know. It was a, it was just an opportunity and I, I'm really glad that I got to to write for it, you know?
1: So when you, you know, when you do conversations like this or, or you see, you know, some of the Twitter, the sh- uh, Twitter feeds and, and you realize, you know, like they pulled it off you you know you're you're writing their genius the idea the world and now each and every one of us is building our own version of the world you know we were talking about you know i saw i saw the scene in my head i saw the bars i saw him kind of hopping from one foot to the other the jailer guy hopping Mm -hmm. from one foot to the other being a little bit of like cocky Mm -hmm. Uh, you know that's the world i built somebody else listening tonight probably built an entirely different you know different look of it Mm -hmm. but it it worked and it worked so well so when when you encountered all this what what does that feel like you know
3: knowing that you were an integral part of it part of it all (laughs) i mean i mean i love it i don't know how how integral i was but um i i think like it's just it's specifically what you described is how everyone can um you know paint that picture in their mind um, and I think just the, the production just makes it just makes it so, so seamless. You do it without even really trying. Um, and I think it's it kind of it's I feel very fortunate to get to be a part of it. But it's it's one of the things that I that kind of got me addicted to stories and worlds and characters and stuff is when I was a kid and I would read and just instantly as soon as I'd read anything or, you know, whatever, I would immediately just have this vision in my head of what it was, of what it actually was. And I feel like yeah. the great thing about podcasts is that makes that, you know, you know, that's like something that now everybody can have. And it's really, it, it's it's really uh, it's a I don't know, it's 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 like that that makes me very excited. And I like I like hearing that. I like that people have their own version of it in their head. I think that's great.
1: When when I kind of pitched this idea to to the folks that that run ACP media, I had said it's like building your own Narnia, you know, yeah. based upon hearing totally. like take an audio book. And, mm-hmm. and think about like reading an audio version of Narnia, how you'd build it in your head. That's how I kind of sold it. Mm-hmm. Um, and here we are, you know, running the show. So yeah. I'm going to take yeah. a pause for a minute and um, I'm going to bring in Katie who is hosting behind the scenes for us. And I'm going to say, you know me well. So I, I'm a talker. I'm going to ask you if hands come up, if you can gently just let me know, hands come up while we're conversating and we'll I will be stop happy and the questions. All right. So you guys know how to do the raising hand thing. If you want to talk to Aaron, do so, Mr. Aaron. Um, I, I would be very remiss for my for our listeners if I didn't ask you what is your writing process like. How, how do you start to build a world like this? Um,
3: boy. Um, I mean the we build the world collectively in uh, in our writers group. Like weekend, we kind of spend a whole weekend kind of talking about like kind of just like broad specifics of like what we all could kind of agree upon to be true. And once we have that, we kind of had each, we kind of each, we, we broke the season into episodes and basically for each episode, there's a series of things that had to happen in it and how that happened was left up to the individual writer. Um, And so I kind of just, I, I'm really like a, I, I, I think in conversations. And so like having the things that, the things that have to happen, first and just kind of like just like getting the the uh like the the conversation that take that gets us to where we need to go out onto the page is always the first step because it's always way too long like my first drafts are always just like talking in very pages long and pages yeah. yeah and so i and so i get that out of my head but it also gets me like seeing the people talk to each other the characters talk to each other um i get a i get a better sense of what with my revision what's important what's not but more importantly like how they're like not just how they're feeling while they're yeah 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 how they're like moving in and out of the world and how they're trying to go about getting what they want Yeah, so yeah so it's like a layer process yeah and then
1: you kind of chop you go back you chop you refine maybe you tweak different wording to make it all bridge together Mm -hmm. all right Mm -hmm. yeah and so you know, when you're when you're looking at episodes that other folks did, you know, and then you're looking at the transition, have you had any moments where you said, oh, i I would never have thought of that. And on the flip side, man, I wish they would have done this
3: instead. <laughs> I mean, i i I'm significantly more like surprised in a good way than like, just because like it's you know it's 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 a it's a big unwieldy thing that we all kind of created here that kind of was birthed from Shane's mind and so we uh you know we kind of just kind of beat it all out and the individual writers contributed our part but then had to get like kind of glommed together and like reassembled into like a coherent you know 31 episode uh, season and so kind of I'm pretty much regularly uh, like like anytime I listen to this, it's just kind of like wow! It's like it's it's the fact that it's so coherent and kind of goes together is a testament to kind of having that vision and everyone kind of understanding it. So it's been it's been it's been a lot of it's been a lot of good surprises.
1: What is your dream project? <sighs> Boy,
3: um, I would love to just make a a simple a, a simple like tradi- like traditional three camera sitcom that runs for like 15 seasons Yeah. awesome that would, be, that would be great and like nothing like I'm not trying to I'm not trying to do breaking bad or the sopranos I just want a 22 minutes of yucks and you know hanging out with your people you want to hang out with you know all right what are your top three sitcoms that you you know have been schooled by um i mean it's it's hard to pick one but i think i mean everyone from i mean for so long it's got to be like the simpsons is up there king of the hill seinfeld larry sanders show i mean i could just keep on going listing but yeah those are like i think and that's kind of one of the reasons that i was so excited because i when I when I wrote the announcer character, I was literally imagining imagining a character that Maurice LaMarche did in Futurama, um, that kind of had a voice similar to the one he ended up doing for this character. So hearing it for the first time, I was I just I couldn't be, I was so so giddy I was like a kid. <laughs> it's like, you know it's like one of my va- yeah like Futurama was like yeah. one of my favorite shows and like hearing him do that bombastic voice. He's just like he's just so good at it. And it's just he just just elevated, you know, everything. So yeah, those are, yeah, those kind of those kind of sitcoms are my favorite. Uh, just I don't know, the stuff
1: the kind of stuff that they grew up with. Do you ever get the performing bug?
3: No, no, I hate it. Um, <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I'm not a performer. I'm very much a writer. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> certainly to my detriment. I think. Um, I definitely think like. Kind of now you kind of have to be like like as a as any kind if you want to be any kind of like time content creator, which is just I guess what everything is now, um, you kind of have to have some degree of performative in you. But I'm much too I get too in my head too quickly to be like an effortless performer. So okay. you know yeah. I'm just a, I'm, I I've found very quickly like I mean I've forced myself to do improv many times, I've forced myself to do stand-up, i forced myself to perform sketches but I always, always, always would much rather just rate the stuff.
1: <laughs> Who surprised you the most in the cast from, you know, when you listened to it, finally, the, the finished product? What, what character, what person surprised you the most?
3: Um, surprised me. I mean, in, in what way? I don't know if anything really surprised me.
1: Um, did anybody bring something to their character that even as you were writing it you were like wow okay this is extra or something like that yeah
3: i think um i think anytime i mean honestly this is i mean this is like the he's the opposite of me he's such a performer i would say any character that bill played um is just like he just always just like goes yeah. so hard and it's always so good and it's such there's like it's not like random there's like there, yeah there's yes. always like there's very much choices being made but it's just it's 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 always so like fun and and good so yeah anytime Bill would show up as like a random character it's just always like a fun treat because I can hear I can I can see him in my mind making the weird face and the gestures as he's doing it you know all right here's a fun one Tell us about
1: the different sides of Shane. Tell us about Shane. Um, you, you know, Shane as the performer, Shane as the boss, Shane as the guy in the writer's room who has 75 more thoughts than anybody else in the room because it's got to be <laughs> just a little bit of ADHD. I'm not, you know, I'm not a doctor or anything, but that's just my like, I mean, you know, my little buzz thought in my head. But
3: tell us about the different sides
1: of Shane. Well,
3: I mean, I only know Shane in certain contexts, so I can only provide those contexts. But as I will say, one of the reasons that I appreciate and like working with Shane is he has that constant thrum of energy and thinking. And I'm like very like my disposition is very much the opposite. Like Shane's able to go out and like hustle and make things happen, and I'm like that's just that's just not me. I like to just write. And that's, and I like, like being able to work with someone like Shane, who's just like that energy centrifuge that just like whips things up into being out of nothing is like, is, uh, is a very good thing. And I think to, to your point in the writer's room, I I actually found Shane to be pretty good about keeping us on task just because I think the weight, the the crushing weight of trying to create a world and thirty episode <laughs> seasons is like, even for someone with as much energy as Shane always seems to have, I think it's very much ta- it becomes much more tangible and like, oh my god, I'm going to have to do all this, <laughs> you know? Because it's like when you're talking about the idea, it's great, but then when you're going through the process and as you're p- kicking out the story and stuff, you're like. Oh my god. Yeah, I have to manage so now too. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, it, because he wears so many hats, I think in the writer's room, I got we got much more of a uh, a uh, like the the manager side of Shane. Uh, That's cool. yeah, yeah. And as as far as like uh, like the the writing stuff, it was pretty pretty easy. Like usually it's in a script and be like, great, keep it up. <laughs> so yeah. So I was as you as you
1: have experienced his Kevin um tell me you don't crack up you know at least once or twice an episode and and how close to kevin how
3: close to shane is the character of kevin i mean it's i knew that kevin was going to be shane when we were when we were writing it so i i knew that there was kind of like there's like like shane has like a cadence and like a way of like uh delivering jokes and stuff that like you can kind of, you can, you can kind of write to. Um, yeah. But it's easy to yeah. time to as well. Yeah. 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 Um, but I, I mean, again, I, I will actually, this, this, this goes back to the previous question. I think one of the things that surprised me is there's a little bit of, there's definitely some, you know, I, 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 I mean, Kevin's everybody's favorite little rascal, um, but he's, there's definitely some, like, there's like some, some depth to him. And that's from Shane's performance. Uh, and it's cool. I, I think that's a testament to, to him being a, a great a great actor um, and being able to bring that to a character who, especially in the, the early parts of the season is very much just like he's he's very much uh, trying to learn how to fly the plane and build it at the same time. if you know what I mean He's still very yeah. much figuring things out on the fly.
1: You know what? I kind of thought of it as like, the swelling of the third dimension coming out of the two dimension. You know, the first couple of episodes, it was it was the same notes uh, mm-hmm. over and over again, mm-hmm. but they were layered, and, right. and I didn't realize until that next that next level of layering started that the original ones were layered. And then right. I, I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed Kevin becoming really, voicey, <laughs> mm-hmm. if that's a if that's a good way to put it.
3: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think it's, you know, like, as like, like you mentioned, it kind of, it takes, you kind of have to, you know, for a story like this, it's very like, you know, there's, they're constantly moving. There's like, there's like big things happening. And, you know, as far as character development, there, there's times for that, but it's kind of, you have to kind of like seat it in between like the big events. Right. Um, yeah. And so kind of like you, you kind of, it's, and because it's 30 episodes and, uh, doing episode-by-episode episode pacing for a 30-episode season is very much a challenge. Um, I think, like, uh, you know, slowly dripping that out is kind of, like, I think makes it feel a little bit more more rewarding because then by the time you get about halfway in, you're like, man, I really, without realizing it, you have such a better grasp of, like, uh-huh. like you haven't understood, like, like, when he does something now, you're like, I knew he was going to do that, or I had a sense maybe he was going to do that. I knew he was going to say that because it's like, you know, you're f- familiar. You spend time with him. Yep yeah all
1: right so everyone i'm gonna throw out one more opportunity please if you have any questions for aaron or or even kevin in the background throw your hand up um so tell me you know when did you know you were a writer most writers i i fancy myself a writer more journalism but um most writers say that they they wrote before they were even talking but no when did you know you were (laughs)
3: right before talking (laughs) that's, <laughs> man, that sounds nutty to me. I didn't yet. know I was a writer until I was in college. So that one yeah. doesn't apply to me. Yeah, definitely definitely not to me either. Um, I think I I think I knew I was a writer, or at least knew that it was something that I liked um when I was in high school because it was a way for me to make people like it was a, like it was a way I knew I could get people to laugh because I would always be way too nervous. Like when I was growing up, I had a, like a, a pretty bad stutter. I, I had a pretty bad stutter for a while. And I had like, a, uh, I couldn't say my R's. And my name is Aaron. So like, <laughs> that was, uh, yeah, exactly. Oh. So like, when okay. I'm like, Hey, my name's Ellen. It's like, well, that's not my name. But <laughs> <laughs> Um. so like, I really like, like struggled, like socially when I was younger. But one of the ways I knew I could always make people laugh is if like, when, you know, you'd write a paper and like the teacher would read some of them. And so in high school that happened more. And so I realized, Oh, I can just like make these like just jokes and the teacher will like it because it's like, she's reading a bunch of awful kid papers. Like at least this one is funny a little bit. And so I would just try to make people laugh. And I did that more and more. And then my senior year English teacher, um, like really was like a, like, like encouraging of it. And I was just like, Oh yeah, this, I'm going to figure out some way to try to do this. Cause I can't imagine like, like, especially then. And even now like working in, I don't know, some like whatever office job or whatever, if such a thing even exists anymore. Um, like just that sounded miserable to me. And I figured, well, if I have to do some kind of job, I want to do something that I like. And this is definitely something that I like. So I'm fortunate to get to do it now. What was your first big project? Um, my first, I would say, I, I think my first paid gig was, I was I think, 26 or 27 and I got a job writing the E3 media briefing for, U- for Ubisoft. Uh, for those who don't know, it's just, they're like the, one of the big video game publishers and every year at the annual, uh, video game convention, E3 and, Los Angeles, the big publishers have these big expensive press conferences and they have, you know, celebs come and they talk about their upcoming slate of games and for, uh, you know, like each of the co- big companies does their own different version of it. But Ubisoft had Aisha Tyler hosting it and she's obviously a, a yeah. person. She's a comedian. So they needed somebody who could write jokes for her and also somebody who could write about video games, like knowing what they're talking about. And so I got that job and was terrified the whole time um, <laughs> and I, like, having to like write jokes for her. And like uh, the, the South park game was getting announced. So I had to write bits for her and the, the two South park guys, which was just, I was mortified the entire time, but you know, it was a, it was a huge project that a lot of people watched. And like, yeah. uh, so it was a, uh, it was a, it was a pretty cool first uh, introduction to like, Oh, this is like a job. Like the first handful of jobs I got for writing were jobs that I didn't know were jobs, you know? So yeah. that's, that's certainly one of And I did that for three years.
0: Anthony, we're at the two minute mark, sir.
3: All right. So I'll ask you what
1: um, to our aspiring writers out there, what are your three best, you know, inspiring, get myself pen to the paper, you
3: know, tips. Oh boy. Um, I mean, if you, I, if you have any, I'd love to hear them because uh, you know, <laughs> procrastination is a powerful, it's a powerful force regardless of how long you've been doing it. But uh, honestly, something that's helped me is always staying physically active um, yeah. because that because it can, it just, it helps me get out of my head. And if you're, if you're, you know, if you're someone like me who can default to that and be in your head too much, the big thing is just to get it out of your head. And just, like I said, when I was, when I'm writing early drafts of stuff, I just like get all the, all the stuff, I get all the crap out on out of my head and onto the page. And then you can fix it because if it's, if it's still in your head, it's still academic, you know, it's not, it's not real. When you've typed it or written it, it's, it's real. And then you can, you can kind of uh, see it as a thing that is out there and then you can adjust it that way. But if you're adjusting it in your head, you're constantly gonna be tinkering and it's just gonna yep. be, you know, it's just gonna, it's, 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 it's never gonna be quite right. And then you're gonna just be chasing something that, you know, you just gotta get it out.
1: Yep. So yeah. The biggest thing that I always tell people is, you know, everybody used this outline outline. I never outline. I tell a quick story to my friend in writing. I just Mm -hmm. write it out on the, you know, I type it out as though I was Mm -hmm. telling my best friend and then Mm -hmm. I go back and I go and and I pull it apart. How do I build the story from this? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. thank you so much for joining us tonight. Um, And it's been awesome. To listen to this week's Carcerum Carcerum episode,
0: click the link in in the description or search Carcerum, C-A-R-C-E-R-E-M, wherever you get your podcast. This podcast is a recording of a live show presented by the American Council for the Blind and Sunday Edition with Anthony. If you would like to be part of the live show, please follow at CarcerumTheSeries on social media or join the ACB mailing list by sending an email to community at acb.org. Also, be sure to check out the podcast Sunday Edition with Anthony on your favorite podcasting platform. For more information about Carcerum, go to carcerumtheseries.com.